The Camogie Show. Proudly sponsored by Liberty Insurance. Look, we put a lot of work in earlier and just absolutely thrilled to get over the line. There's a lot of fear in and I suppose look forward here and just thrilled genuinely to, to get that win. But uh, I had to bribe her nearly to come on the show earlier on. I know she was celebrating. It was hard to get her off it. But she, we here at Spinsa West have a Limerick student race day. I said the only way she was coming on if I could get her <laughs> birthday student race day tickets. The Camogie Show. Proudly sponsored by Liberty Insurance. Joining us on The Camogie Show this week is, of course, Waterford's Beth Carton All-Star. Absolutely immense all weekend. Hitting all their scores on Saturday before one 1-7 in the final. And 2-13 over the weekend. Join Captain Beth, congratulations. Thanks a mil, Valerie. Still thrilled now. Um, look, we put a lot of work in all year and just absolutely thrilled to get over the line. There's a lot of fear in and um, I suppose look forward to it and ju- just thrilled genuinely to, to get that win. Yeah, I know that you're studying P and geography. You're a student out in UL at the moment. And is this your third Ashburn medal, Beth? <laughs> it's actually the fourth. Um, yeah, we've won, I suppose we've done the five in a row there and they won a year before we came in. So to be fair, a lot of us can't take the can't take for the five in a row, but um, no, it's the fourth now. And look, I suppose we're thrilled. A lot of us, a lot of us, unfortunately, and we nearly leave you all down the way. So we're just happy to get over the line. What is it like, I suppose, being the only team ever to have done five in a row? I mean, you've an amazing team, and there's a lot of girls there from counties all over Ireland, and it just shows that hard work pays off. What is it about UL that keeps coming back? It's just, I suppose, the enjoyment we get from it. We genuinely all get on so well. And we're all from different counties, I suppose, um, around the country. And just coming together and genuinely enjoying it is, is the thing there. Um, look, we, we, we genuinely love it. And um, I suppose that's it when it comes to it. Like, you put in the commitment and, and like, the feeling, I suppose, we got on Saturday when, when we just got over that semi and then again yesterday. I suppose that's why you play sport and... and and that's why that's why we keep doing it, I suppose. Amazing management, Adrian O'Sullivan, helping you there. That's it, the backroom team we have there. If I started naming them now, I'd never stop. I say it's just it's just the crowd we have there behind us. Like you're never wanting for something for anything, and um, just just the, the the whole thing as well is as in the men and women are treated so equally and it's, it's one place I suppose we genuinely feel that we're no different to the men and we're treated the same as in we were trained over Christmas there and you're getting you're getting the breakfast the same the dinners everything is the exact same and it and it, it, it I suppose it adds to it all at the end of it yeah, I know you've taken some time out of celebrations at the moment to come and have a chat with me. I know caught the van and a few more inside celebrating with you. What's the celebrations like? That's it. Look, when when we win stuff like this, we do enjoy it because you have to. I suppose you put in all the hard work and everything like that to enjoy days like these. So, um, no, we're certainly enjoying it. Caught the, the teachers are on midterm this week, so look, they'll enjoy it as well. Look, you'd amazing year last year. I'm not going to keep you much longer. Amazing year last year for Watford. I know I think you scored 573 in total. I was trying to tot it all up, which is no wonder you were an all-star bet. But Watford this year, you know, you're going to up up the game. I th- yeah, that's it. Look, we're we're working away hard with Watford. Um, yeah, the Kilkenny game was cancelled last weekend, so we've actually now this coming weekend. And look, it's just about working hard. We have a new management team in there, and we're really looking forward to, to the year ahead. There's a... There's a good group of girls there that, are, that have the heads down at the moment and working away hard. So, look, we're really looking forward to it. We know every year it's hard and we're trying to make that breakthrough, but, but but really enjoying it at the moment. Yeah, and was it special winning the Ashburn at home in WIT? 
Ah, yeah, look, I suppose when you're home for it and, and the family are there and uh, um, a lot of a good crowd from the club as well, look, it is special and um, no, no, really enjoyed it now. Vic, congratulations. I won't let you keep you any longer because I know you're itching to get back to the celebrations and <laughs> it's well-deserved. Enjoy yourself and behave. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Sally. The Camogie Show. Proudly sponsored by Liberty Insurance. That was Beth Carton, of course, of UL yesterday, claiming her fourth Ashburn Cup medal and UL's five in a row. A great occasion for the colleges this weekend, ladies. I'm joined by, of course, Neve Mulcahy and Aoife Sheen once again this week for our Liberty Insurance podcast. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. (laughs) Great weekend for the colleges. I know Saturday there was two fine games and two crackers by the looks of it, uh, Neve. Yeah, um, overall, the whole weekend, in fairness to WIT, and they did as well as they could and seemed to put on a, a great weekend of matches. Um, all things considering with the weather, um, you had great finals on Sunday. Um, obviously, UL winning the Ashburn would have been the big one, but um, UCD will be back up there now, Ashburn, next year, having won the parcel. Um, Trinity winning the Father Maher, and then Friday evening to kick off the weekend, you actually had Marino winning the Ovoilagon Cup. So, um, big credit has to go to WIT for ensuring that all those games over the weekend got played. Um, social media was was brilliant as well, the, the third level colleges. So a very positive weekend. And I think all things considering with the weather, you actually got really decent games. Yeah, I think Neve touched on it there, Aoife, but the social media side of things this weekend was amazing. The coverage, they live streamed the game, of course, on Sunday. But like having that coverage is so important. So important. Like it was great. I tuned into the Ashburn final yesterday and um, like it's, it's just great to have the facility to do that. Now, you know what I mean? You can be sitting down at home like I was in the kitchen, whatever, just watching the final. And um, it's great for the the game as well that it's just been broadcast to such a platform. And even like last week in the lead up to the final, there was great coverage um, on Twitter. Um, you know, who the the person in charge of the Twitter just needs, you know, a, a great um, pat on the back or whatever mm. it is you'd say. But like they did they did great work in it and just promoting it because I suppose the Ashburn would be well known within people who've been in the college scene or whatever but I definitely think it reached a wider circle of people this weekend definitely I think a huge occasion for UL winning 3-14 to UCC's 12 points 5 in a row is an amazing achievement um, yeah it is and they, they had a big battle with WIT on the Saturday they'd have been fierce rivals I suppose over the last 10 or 12 years um, WIT actually did 5 in a row themselves and I remember that game, I think it was 2013, my sister was playing with UL, but that actually went to two periods of extra time, um, WIT, Pip and UL. So uh, roles were reversed there on Saturday with UL getting that that last minute goal. So disappointment, I suppose, for WIT as hosts, but um, UL would be absolutely delighted then to have gone on. And I suppose, unfortunately for UCC, losing out again um, to UL in the final. But... I'm sure UCC's turn will come. You know, UL had to go through uh, quite a barren spell as well. But um, I suppose it's it's UL's weekend, you know, doing five in a row, as you said, is a massive achievement and uh, something that shouldn't be taken for granted because it's very hard done. No, definitely not. I know you mentioned UC felt, will feel they were hard done by, but they needed something like a few goals, Aoife. Yeah, and even in the midway through the second half, like especially in conditions like yesterday, it's very hard to get goals and I just didn't really see them getting goals. The UL defence was really on top and even like the work rate of um, Sophie from Limerick, Sophie O'Callaghan, she did unbelievable, you know, tearing down and, and, and you know, tracking back and everything. So, yeah, it didn't look like for them. And I think UL's final really was on Saturday against uh, WIT. It looked to be gone for them. They were down a point, but... Um, you know they they won that and I think that was really where 
their final was the weekend. Yeah, I seen a tweet online last night. I think it was Daryl Grady was on about Sophie O'Callaghan saying that she only joined the Limerick panel in 2017 and that she's had such hard work since and there she is after winning five in a row. Yeah, I saw that tweet. It was lovely actually yeah. that um, she was only brought in for a training match yeah. or something and, and um, then she, she stuck in there and she's been progressing ever since. So it would be great to see her and how she develops even in this, you know, this season ahead because she'll get great confidence from playing in Ashburn and playing against the best and it'll be great to see what she's, you know, going to do now in the season ahead. Yeah, having played with her now the past couple of years, like she's a girl with a super attitude, you know. Um, last year was she was probably in and out of, of our starting 15. So as Aoife said, I think she'll take great confidence um, from her performances the weekend and also she had a, a great game against Tip in the first round of the league. So Limerick will be looking to the likes of her, you know, um, to step up and, and show that Ashburn form now over the next couple of weeks. Of course, you'd more than just Sophie on on the Limerick side, Roisin Ambrose, Creva Lines, Derville Egan, Marion Quaid and Rebecca Dilley, all Limerick girls that will, you know, it will help them in playing against the girls in all the counties at the top level. Yeah, totally. And as well as that, yeah, they're getting confidence. Um, but it's it's great as well. They're, they've been playing all winter. That's huge. Like, to bring that fitness into the league and even into the early stages of the championship. It's massive. And yeah, you, you learn so much from just playing even with girls from other counties. You learn their habits, what they like to do before matches. You pick up, you know, a few tips and tricks and things like that so yeah it'll be, it'll be great for them Yeah I think even um, looking at the UL team I think what was great to see was the fact it was it was backboned by by players from counties that are that are trying to push on and, mm. and hit the next level you know you had a good few there from Waterford Clare had a, a massive representation on, on the start in 15 and you'd, you'd tip providing a few as well so you know those counties are all looking to make the next breakthrough um, you know and challenge the likes of your Cork Kilkenny's and your Galway's so I think Going forward for, for league and championship, all those girls will take great confidence having having an Ashburn medal in their back pocket and as you say, having having played against the, the best with the best and, and against the best. Um so it, it you know, promises to be a, I suppose an exciting league campaign now that they can all um focus their full attention back to their counties. Yeah, we had Beth Carton all earlier on and we have to play I suppose play say something nice about Beth as well a 1-6 to her name you know I think she's done amazing things she's four of them now to her name an all-star last year she's I know that I know Watford will be lost without her at the moment but uh, I had to bribe her nearly to come on the show earlier on I know she was celebrating it was hard to get her off it but she here, we here at Swinsett West have a Limerick student race day and said the only way she was coming on if I could get her 30 <laughs> student race day tickets they're in the bags so I'd say now I'm going to have to go in and try my best to get those tickets for Beth I'd but say look, maybe open the back door leave her in the side entrance probably I love it to be honest like I think Beth is uh, without question I think she's the, the best forward in the country um, you know, she showed it there the weekend. She's always any team she plays with, she's their go-to player. She she always performs. Um, from what I've seen of her down through the years, like always does the right thing on the ball, makes the right decision. Um, if it's not on for her to go herself, she'll she'll bring others into the game and just everything. You know, she she has it all. And like I remember seeing her a few years ago when she first came on the scene, and she was hitting freeze off her left hand side. And I'd say in the last year or two, I'm looking at her and she's hitting the freeze off her right hand side. And I think something like that is just remarkable, like to see a girl doing that. And as I said, I, I definitely think she's she's the best forward in the country, you know, and I suppose the scary thing is she's she's so young, you know, and, and has won so much already. But it, it doesn't look like she's slowing down. Yeah, you'd agree. With agree. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. And even her performance on Saturday, did she get all well scores on Saturday? 
Um, so I mean tr- leadership qualities straight away there um, so yeah no, she's a great player and she's a great player to watch as well she's enjoyable to watch yeah it was a lovely weekend and in fairness fair play to everyone for the amount of coverage they did I know that UPMC were involved in the streaming of it as well and so well done to uh, sponsors and everything so that was UL winning the Ashburn UCD winning the Purcell Cup of course Trinity the Father Maher and Unwell gone cop, I'm gonna say that right with the <laughs> Marino, yeah. And just even a, a shout out as we're talking about social media to um whoever's running the Trinity um account because I've I've come across tweets maybe when their hurlers are playing Fitzgibbon or whatever, <laughs> but I was keeping tabs on it over the weekend, you know, because our own Laura Stack and Claire McNamara were playing and really funny and really witty so yeah. even if anyone's interested to go back over their tweets from the weekend but uh, I found them really entertaining yeah I have noticed that when the, the boys are playing alright they can get themselves into spot and bother at the best time but <laughs> do give them a follow because they are worth it for the humour alone but that was this weekend's action we're going to take a look at next, next weekend's now next weekend we are back in action of course for the Littlewoods Ireland National League over the last week or so we've been had having weather storm Kieran and storm Dennis preventing us from doing all these games but this weekend we're back Sunday we've four games going ahead I know we've two double headers so let's take a look at Division 1 Group 1 first we've Waterford and Offaly they are a double header on Sunday with the Hurlers which is it's great to see the double headers yep we spoke, yeah, we spoke that even in the, the first week. It's great um, to get the exposure, but I suppose we'll just be wondering, will it be on before it or after it? So that's probably a big thing. But still, um, it's just good practice supposed to get exposure for the girls' games. Yeah, you'd imagine, um, you know, Waterford, they're, they're playing at home in front of their hurlers. So um, they'll be hoping to, to get a big crowd in early and that could give, give them a big lift for that game. So... I think you'd be looking at maybe a home win there. You'll have girls maybe um, coming back from the colleges, hopefully, you know, with, with confidence up and that. And Offaly will still be missing their St. Rhinas girls. Um, now Offord will be missing their Galtier girls. Mm. All right, they'll be facing off in, in the club intermediate final in a, in a couple of weeks. But I think I was impressed with Watford against Cork. You know, I think they create a lot of goal opportunities and I think themselves... Um, will feel a bit hard done by that they didn't didn't um, get more out of that game so I think there maybe that you're looking at a Watford win at home Aoife it's interesting because both teams now are going in with a loss so both of them will want to be winning but you think Watford being at home will have that bit of extra edge yeah I think so I think home advantage is always great especially in the league as well the weather is normally crap as we've seen for the last few weekends <laughs> as long as the storms stay away um, but yeah it just depends I suppose there's a lot of variables in this one you, you have your college girls coming back but then you're missing a few club players so then it gives other girls a chance to come through but yeah I'd be giving Watford every chance of winning that definitely great also on Sunday we have another double header it is Kilkenny and Clare Kilkenny now we have haven't seen them yet. Kilkenny, they have new management. I know that uh, Brian Dowling stepping into the shoes of Anne Downey can't be easy first off. No, definitely not. I'm actually looking forward to seeing, I suppose, how Kilkenny can react to I suppose, their loss last year. Um, new season, you know, new slate, clean slate, everything like that. So um, playing Clare, I think, you know, you'd have to favour Kilkenny. Um, but... Yeah, it's an, you know it's their first game out, so it'll be it'll just be interesting to see how all the react they do react to to last year and the loss in the final and things like that. But um, they've had a few they'll have a few girls as well stepping back from the colleges. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Kilkenny line out because they'd given they'd released their team before their their first round was cancelled. So um, in that team they'd Davina Tobin um, back full back and they'd Colette Dormer out midfield, which would be kind of two new changes. Um, Davina I think would kind of be seen as their go-to man marker so 
they were playing Watford that day, so I don't know if she was kind of back there maybe to to be to to go on bet or definitely I think Brian Dowling is trying out, but I think he'll be looking for the league in and trying to develop maybe more depth to to the panel than Kilkenny have had maybe in previous years. So it'll be interesting to see how they go. Um, the last time Clare and Kilkenny actually played in a double header in Kilkenny and Nolan Park, I think it was a couple of years ago in the championship, and I think Kilkenny only beat Clare by a point. So Clare will take great confidence out of that, and they'll still have a few girls, you know, from that day. And um, I think that has the makings of a great game, and the fact that both Kilkenny and Clare hurlers are playing that day as well, you know, there should be a fine crowd in to support both teams. I know it'll be difficult for Clare, I know, going down there on Sunday Eva, but they have opened their league campaign with a win over Offaly. True, it, you know, and they'll take great confidence from that. And I suppose the, the advantage for Clare is they've a win under their belt and they have a game under their belt, which is which is um, where you'll get most confidence from. Kilkenny will be going in very green, you know, they haven't, like, I'm sure they're playing challenge matches or, or, you know, even good training matches, but that's not the same as, you know, getting a league match and even just going through the experience of playing in really crap conditions and, you know, mm. um, all of that. But yeah, I, I I'd still, I'd still be kind of favouring Kilkenny at home. I don't know. Yeah, we're both going for Kilkenny in this one. Yeah. Division 1, Group 2, also on Sunday, we have Galway and Limerick. And I know, yeah, Niamh, this is an easy few to talk about. You're only fresh off the field, so <laughs> <laughs> you hate talking about poor Limerick know, girls. Um, obviously, you know, you're playing the Rain All Ireland champions away is, is always going to be tough, but I think as we spoke about the Limerick girls there that won, won medals the weekend with the. the Father Maher Cup and the Ashburn Cup, they'll bring a great buzz to training whenever they come yeah. back during the week. So hopefully <laughs> maybe celebrations might wind down, you know, but they'll be rightly confident, you know, coming back from that. And as I said, there'll be a great buzz. So look, Limerick will definitely give Galway a good game, you know, and they've nothing to lose at this stage, you know, because they were unlucky against Tipperary. So Limerick will be going gung-ho to, to try and win that game. So... I'd imagine they're they're going to give Galway bags of it and, and give them a tough game. Yeah, it'll be great to see. And I know Galway, they were kind of rusty in the first opening. They were lucky enough to get that win against Dublin, Aoife. They were, yeah. They, you wouldn't say they were firing on all cylinders no. or anything like that, definitely um, in that game. Um, from their point of view, they'll just want to keep things ticking over. I know they've, they'll have girls involved in the club finals, as Neve mentioned earlier, um, in another few weeks. Um, you know, from the Limerick side of things, though, like, I suppose for Paul Sexton, he'll just want to get everyone in now. He'll have his college players back. He'll have, you know, he should have a full pick at this stage and he'll want to be seeing what they can do up against the best. They're all Ireland champions. Like, it's very exciting for the, the young girls in Limerick, especially going up to them and playing them. Um, so, yeah, it's it's got the makings of a great contest and you'd be thinking like Limerick will definitely give them all of it. But with Rebecca Lee out injured now as well, I suppose they're down a bit of firepower and even Eve here as well from last year. So it'll be tough. But, you know, we'll have girls like Sophie O'Callaghan even from the weekend. She might be stepping up to the plate as well, you know, and um, not putting too much pressure on any of them or anything. But yeah, so it'll be... Yeah, hopefully they'll give them a good rattle anyway. Next up on Sunday is Tip and Dublin. Tip having a win and Dublin going in with a loss. I know that they edged Limerick after a point after all that drama in LIT, but, you know, it was a good game for Tipperary in the end. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, as you said, they, they have a win on the board there, so um, Tipper playing at home. So I think the rag is, is usually a very difficult pitch to, to go and get a win if you're an away team. So Dublin would have it all to do, but um, Dublin would take great confidence from their performance against Galway in the first round when they lost narrowly. So this could be a very tight game, I think, on Sunday. 
caught Devan Mag- Magnificent that day. I know she was, um, I think she's celebrating as well this week with UL. So it'll be interesting to see will Caught be making an appearance this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I do. Oh, sorry, but um, Caught, I suppose, yeah, she contributed five points um, in the last game against Limerick. Um, and yeah, she's she's a real leader for Tip. I think she's their go-to player and she can score. Like if you're giving away a freeze against Tip, that's when you'll get punished, especially, I think. Um, so Dublin have to watch that because um, Cork can hit them over from anywhere. Um, for Dublin, they're a young side. They'll definitely get great um, confidence from how they performed against Galway. Um, you just think though that having the home advantage again, I just think it's really, really big, especially in the league because just with conditions and, you know, Dublin will be travelling down and everything like that. Um, and as Neve said, the rag even it's a, it's a pitch that it can be nice sometimes, but on a bad day, it's it's horrible. It's really open there and everything like that. So um, yeah, I just think Tip will probably have a little bit in the more in the can um, to beat Dublin there. Four good games on the weekend. So if anyone is about, it is worth heading along. I know there's two double headers. We're not sure of the times yet, but I'm sure keep an eye on the Camogie Association's page. The Camogie Show, proudly sponsored by Liberty Insurance. Joining us on the Camogie Show this week, it's nice to get a different perspective on things. We're joined by Paul O'Donovan. He is Player Welfare Coordinator for the Camogie Association. Paul, welcome. Thank you very much, Valerie. Good to be here. Yeah, it's great. Look, it's nice to have you on, Paul, because, of course, it's great to be able to look after the players and look after the people who, you know, are the stars of the game. But every so often and every so, like, it's it's life, really, that they're going to get injured. And it, this is where the likes of ye come in. Yeah, I suppose that that's one of the things that um that when I, I I started in the role in 2017 and coming from a strength and condition background it was definitely something that I was interested in and I suppose that was where the the idea behind having the well we did a player we did player welfare research anyway and it was one of the things the players felt that they needed sort of more information on um, and from that on the back of us we did some uh, research with DCU so basically we did an injury epidemiology. Effectively, what that means is just to find out, just survey a load of players and find out if they've been injured in the previous season and if so, what areas were injured. Um, and I suppose the startling figures from that were that we had, first of all, it was nearly 500 resp- uh, respondents, which for any online surveys is excellent, you know. So they, they said reported injuries, there was 88% said that they'd been injured in the previous season, which again, for me, is a quite a worrying wow. thing. Yeah, so th- so that was so. From that, I would say, like international best practice would say that in order to try and tackle this as a problem, you find out what the injuries are, and then you design an injury prevention program based on those injuries. You know. Yeah. So you're telling me that out of 500 people that did this survey, over 88 percent of them came back saying they were injured the year previously. That they had ha- had at least one injury in the previous season. That's crazy numbers, Paul. Crazy, crazy. Now, like again, you, you think. I suppose, and I suppose another thing to highlight is that you tend to think of camogie, you know, that you might get finger and hand injuries. And like I've done workshops and this, and I've, I've asked other people, and they would tend to say, you know, that it's the sort of contact stuff. But what we found was that it was actually knee, ankle, and hamstring injuries were the most prevalent, and they're all eminently preventable. Which is, I suppose, for me, that's that's the thing that I said, right? But we need to try and target this. Right, okay, and this is where the player um, Camogie Injury Prevention Programme came into play. Yeah, so, like, the thing is, is that, like, and again, I wasn't going to reinvent the wheel. This stuff has been around for a good number of years. I mean, you have it in other sports, the, the FIFA 11 Plus and you have the GEA 15. Like, they're all based, effectively, they're all based around 
um, I think it was a Santa Monica, I think it was in, in America, it was a, a pet program. So basically, it was they found that they were getting, it was actually in females, it was designed around females, and they found that there was a high prevalence of uh, ACL injuries. So they, they came up with this this um, injury prevention program, which effectively is a warm-up and strength and conditioning program all sort of modeled into one. And then different sports have put around different um Spin on the three, the FIFA 11 plus, I said, the GA 15. Actually, the GA have two, so the GA 15 and the Activate program. So, what we did then was we did an intervention with the team and we did six weeks where we ran coordinated sessions where they went through the GA 15 and we tested pre and post to see if there was a change. Basically, um, it was through Dr. Siobhan O'Connor in the School and Health and Human Performance in DCU. Mm. And they did a number of tests like about balance and landing mechanics and stuff. And what we found was that actually, we don't think that the intervention period is long enough, so we needed to be doing it for longer, you know. So we sort of reassessed and we actually decided that the structure of the GA15 warm-up and having spoken to coaches, we felt that the Activate warm-up, although it had the exact same sort of key elements, there was a little bit in the Activate warm-up that was actually probably a little bit more applicable to what we were finding based on the, the injury epidemiology. So we basically put that out there as, so we said that, mm. listen, we would recommend that Camogie teams use the Activate warm-up as a warm-up of choice, you know. And from that then, yeah. I, I think you, if you go to the learning.ga.ie, you can see that there's a, I basically have done that and I sort of adapted it so it's very much skill-based as well. So I, like, Having spoken to coaches, coaches find out, oh, where do we get this in? We we get an hour slot every Tuesday and Thursday. Where do we fit it in? Mm. And my idea was to try and put a video together to show that they can coach the skills of the game and incorporate this stuff. And, you know, so you're kicking two boxes at the same time. But, Paul, it's mad, like, it's mad to think that you've mentioned that the most likely injuries are the knee and the ankle and the hamstring and that something as simple as stretching can prevent all of this. Yeah, like... Like and like, I, I spoke actually spoke to um, a, a research group in UCD who would have done similar stuff um, in previous years in the GAA. And again, it's like there's a huge amount of this knowledge is out there. But again, I suppose one of the things, and this is why we try to tackle it, is about the coach's sort of competency. If a coach doesn't feel that they're comfortable to coach these exercises, they tend to stay away from us. And that's why we try to run pilot workshops where we are trying to upskill the coaches and actually to try to build the confidence and say, listen, even if you were to try and truncate it and adapt it to your own level, it's better than not doing it at all, you know. And that was the thing that, so I, I think that hopefully the, the workshops that we did, that that message did start to, to sort of trickle down. But I, I do think that there's an issue in terms of the knowledge being available and getting it getting it to the right level at grassroots, you know. Okay, and you do have videos up online with this Camogie Injury Prevention Programme if people want to have a look at these, Paul, don't you? Yeah, we do. So if you go to learning.ga.ie and you go to uh, players, there's a Camogie section there and I'm updating the resources there all the time. We're actually, at the moment, with DCU follow-on research that we're doing with them, we've actually tried to develop the programme further so that you can apply it from right away from under eight to adult level, which I think is a very good thing. Not There, there isn't very many sports that have that done. Now, again, you're not going to call it an, an injury prevention program for an eight-year-old, yeah. but you're going to try and, you know, you, you try and incorporate the movements 
in fun games, you know, like so we would have an example of like squatting, for instance, like you could call that laying in, laying an egg, those sort of things, you know. So it's it's incorporated into the the, the stuff that the coaches will be doing every day, you know. Yeah, look, I know that all sounds very interesting and in, in fairness, I'm sure a lot of people will go on and check that. But, you know, you are the player welfare coordinator and a lot of injuries do occur and serious injuries like cruciates and, you know, things like this can have a big impact on maybe players' mental well-being of, along with their physical. And what do you have to offer in that kind of way being a player coordinator or welfare coordinator, Paul? Yeah, so th- and that's, a, you, you find out a very, a very sort of important point there that, it can be quite isolating being injured, particularly if you're injured for, for like obviously the ACL being one that's it's topical and you tend to be out for quite a long time. So like I we would do an awful lot of stuff in the health and well being space as well. But like clubs themselves can do simple things. Like we, we sort we ran a player uh, forum um, with the GEA and the LGFA there a couple of years ago and one of the things that we found was that, you know, we we're talking to a girl that was injured and like that girl wants to be involved with the club at some level. So once she's able to come back to the club at some level to, to get her involved, be it, you know, filling water bottles or, you know, doing the things to try and get the involvement because part mm-hmm. of the thing that was the isolating thing was that you're going from a situation where you're meeting up with your friends at the club pitch to a position where you're, you may be seeing the physio and that's it and then you, you touch base with the manager every so often. So to try and get those players back involved as much as, as possible because the social aspect is such a huge thing for players and it's one of the things that, when we've spoken to players that have been injured, that's one of the things that can be the most difficult to deal with outside of the actual, you know, the recovery from the injured So Simple things like that, like to try and keep the player involved, just because they're injured doesn't mean that they don't have a role to play, you know, that they're out there at the training sessions, they're out there at matches, because that can have a huge mental uh, health benefit for them, you know. No, yeah, and you're dead right. And I like the idea of still going to the training if they're able. And, you know, maybe if it's dropping in a hurley or, as you said, doing a bit of water, the odd time or a little pep talk, that does matter to keep them involved because I've seen players have serious injuries and kind of fall out of the team for a bit. And that's, I can't imagine what it's like being around that many people for so many days of the week going on trips away and matches and then having nothing. So it is extremely important that the team and the players still get that person involved. Yeah, definitely. And, like, we would encourage both the injured player and the players around them. Like, mm. like one of the, the great endearing qualities of, of the, the Gaelic Games family in general is, is is the people, you know. And that's why people get involved in the first place. And I think that if you're injured, it doesn't mean that that can't still be something that, that you enjoy. You know, you, being involved and being around the club for an awful lot of people is enough. So to try and have some, some of those things. And, and again, like, as soon as that player can be involved in training at some level, that if there's somebody there to go over and have a chat with them and, you know, get them involved at some level, it, it definitely can be of benefit. Yeah, if someone's listening now, Paul, and they want to find out more about the Camogie Injury Prevention Programme, you know, about what, they, maybe they want to take it on board and use it in their clubs or counties. I mean, can they contact you and can they, if you workshops upcoming, maybe? Yeah, so I, I'd recommend them to, first of all, to go to the, to, the online resources is obviously that's that's you know free, it's at hand straight away. Mm-hmm. But if they wanted to run workshops, by all means they can contact me. Um, that's Paul that I done from that commodity that I use. So if they emailed me, we can arrange workshops. And the best way to do it is to try and have that community of practice where they have a number of the clubs mm. from the surrounding area go to one location. So the county would help facilitate for a number of the clubs because for us, it for me I would obviously the the 
the goal would be for me to have no injuries. So of course. The, the more the more that we can do in this space, the better, you know. No, of course, and I think it's a very interesting insight because not a lot of people kind of do talk about the injuries that players kind of get and it's nice to see that it's preventable and there's programmes in place because not a lot of people maybe not know that they're there, so now they do. So you can head over to the learning.ga, is it? Yeah, learning.ga.e and you can follow the links. There's, okay. there's actually, we, the Camogie Association have, have a, a, a number of different um, pieces on that like for coaches as well, but there's a player section and all of the my stuff is in there. There's, there will be more stuff on health and well-being, but there's the injury prevention program is up there as well. Brilliant. Paul, thank you so much for coming on. No problem at all. Value was great to be on. The Camogie Show. Proudly sponsored by Liberty Insurance.